so I don't fall asleep during the podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here podcasting with you. Same. <laughs> Although with the change, the uh, prescription in my eyeballs today, my contacts. Can you not see? And I cannot because she said there's, we can't fix it. We can't make it better without cataract surgery. So now I got double vision, you know, and I've been wondering why did it get so much worse? And she said, it's, it's the cataract. So my left eye is basically just hanging out, you know, letting the right eye do all the work. And uh, so we got to get those taken care of. Does that so, cause you get headaches? Um, not really. Sometimes probably, but um, since I had the, since I got on the blood pressure medicine, this is the medical podcast today. <laughs> Let's this, tell you about all our ailments. going to get into all of my personal stuff here. Um, you want me to tell you about the anti-anxiety medication I, I'm on? I, um, I used to have sinus headaches that turned into yeah. migraines all the time. I think it was actually blood pressure blood pressure related rather than Could sinus. Be. Cause once I got on uh, blood pressure medication, I don't get those headaches anymore. So now <laughs> the, the timing of it was the same as when I had the gallbladder surgery. I'm pretty sure it wasn't from the gallbladder. Yeah. I don't think that causes sinus headaches, but the blood pressure makes sense yeah. that sinus pressure, blood pressure, there's pressure involved. So, you know, I don't know. Pressure. I don't know one way or another. It's uh, it is what it is. David Bowie would agree. Yes. Yes, he would. Freddie Mercury. Uh, do you see Dr. Glass still? I do. I, I saw her today. Longest or busiest that I've seen it. The, uh, the um, I don't know what you call the position, but the person that was, you know, the tech that was doing mm. all this stuff said that uh, whoever makes these corporate decisions normal her normal rate would be like two patients an hour and they wanted to do four patients an hour oh, wow. and so they've got all these people <laughs> booked in there but i said well if i have to choose between speed and quality right i want to stick with quality for so sure. I'm, I'm very happy dr glass does an excellent she job she picks the perfect profession for her name yeah for i real. will say that for but real. how are you <laughs> it's it's nighttime man we're totally off our Yes. Normal schedule. And I left my coffee down there. I'm gonna have to get that. Are you having coffee if I, if at I, night? If I get up in the oh, regularly, yeah. I, I would get, be peeing all night if I did that. <laughs> well, there's that. Talk, I mean, hey, we're in it That's now. What, this is after dark <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday night. So you know, but it is National Pizza Day. It so is. that's a win. It's right? something to, which means we got to wrap this sucker up I know, so I can get home pizza. and get some pizza, right? I didn't have pizza. George had pizza. I had a steak sandwich, which was delightful. George had the party pizza. He did, yeah. He was back in the nineties. <laughs> and <Good> then <laughs> on now, the way, now you need the pizza rolls, which was, have nothing to do with pizza, but it sounds good. Pizza and, rolls are good, except they're delightful. They're in like the surface of the sun when you bite yes. into it, yes. your mouth is destroyed. And for I'm a not week. entirely sure there's actual food product in most of these things. This, these are not the healthiest choices that we could make. But Have we ever worried about that before? No. I don't know. Anywho, so we're going to have a new sermon in two days, but um, we're going to talk about the one from last week because yes. we started a new series. We did. And, and so we, as we were looking at, at this overall theme for Second Thessalonians, um, we kind of did a, a a view from above kind of kind of deal, kind of, you know, get the overview of it. And uh, I think it's the first time, I think it's the first time I actually read the entire book in a sermon on Sunday morning in, in one sermon. That's the first time that that's ever happened that I can think of. Wouldn't have done that for first John. 
uh, I can't think of anything else that I did that was short enough to be able to consider it. So it, it was, it was interesting. That's it was funny. My, Cause it was kind of like by, by your standards, like a shorter significantly. Term. So yeah, yeah. I, I told Shelly I was going to, I was going to shoot for it, but you know, we'll see. You what made it. On. So it was, uh, I think world's all, best cup of coffee. I think all told it was 52 minutes with the, well, know, front it was to back we with had, the prayers and all that. Well, we so. had uh, communion and all that. So. Yeah, that wasn't part of the recording. Right, for but that like, audio, but. so it wasn't like you know, super short, super short service. No, no, but <clears throat> it was uh, the trifecta. Yeah, we did. I, I was like, well, <laughs> I got a short page of notes. This can go one of two ways. <laughs> Usually, less notes means you're just talking. Uh, more. There's a little more uh, actual <sighs> freestyle. And that never goes well. So the, we the more scripted That's it is, the, podcast is for. the more I can uh, keep on track. But, you know, I, I think as we went through it, it Second Thessalonians lays out structure-wise fairly cleanly. Um, and, and the chapter breaks are, um, they actually fall in convenient places. And that doesn't always happen in scripture since they were added uh, much later uh, in English translations. You know, you're talking about 1,500 years you know, later after mm-hmm. these things were written. So um, these chapter breaks are convenient. The verse numbers are convenient. They're helpful to us, but they're not, uh, they're not inspired. And so as we, um, as we look at them, sometimes they don't fall in the right places or what I would say are not in the right places, because obviously that's what matters is what I think. And the whole world is waiting to know that. Uh, but, but in Second Thessalonians, when we look at the, the structure of it, Paul uh, kind of begins with this, uh, personal, um, uh, it's Friday night, so I'm losing my words here, but, uh, as we, <laughs> as we, uh, as we look at it, he's, he's given thanks for them, for their faith and their growth. And he's connecting that with the, the struggles that they've gone through and God's justice. And, and we'll be talking about this, this coming week, a little more specifically. Uh, and, and then in, in chapter two, he really addresses the, the confusion and the, um, the, um, false teaching that has crept in. Maybe that's not the best way of saying it, but um, but where folks have claimed some things ostensibly um, that have caused the Thessalonian church to believe that uh, the Lord has already come or that or it's immediately imminent. Um, and so that's impacting their walk because of those things. So he kind of addresses those things in chapter two. And then in chapter three, uh, we get as Paul so often does, he's, he, he has this, um, this, this indicative positional stuff early, and then he gets into the practical stuff afterwards. So he, he has this instruction and then in chapter three, he, he's, um, like, okay, here's, here's what you need to do. You know, be, here's some issues. Let's address these issues. Here's some practical walking things, um, you know, in, in our diligent obedience. And so, um, it, it kind of falls together nicely, as a um, as a as a book as an epistle here for a single sermon. If you're going to do one sermon, this is probably one that that lays out pretty well that way. Mm. So, so our core reality as we we're going through it, which is the core reality for this series for the for the book, is that in a confusing world, clinging to the truth of God's word gives hope to carry on. And so, as they're dealing with stuff, um, the stress of all the, the junk 
going on around them. As you're, as you're dealing with the persecution, uh, adversity, the general stuff that, that we deal with in life anyway, the, the thought that, oh my goodness, we're at the end and everybody's you know caught up in end times obsession at this, at this point, um, that can really be distressing sure. to, to a Christian. And so as they're dealing with this, what Paul's saying is, look, hold on to the teachings. You know what we taught you. You know the, the, the truth, the word. So stick with the word. Cling to the word. Hang on to these things because this is, this is what's going to give you the hope to be able to walk out your faith, to carry on through these things. So just relax. Don't let people get to you. Don't, don't get alarmed. Don't let the circumstances overwhelm you. Relax. Hold on to God's word. You know what you've been talking. It's so funny that it's just like literally the same today, like the same oh, man. struggles, the same. I mean, absolutely, the, the world is confusing, maybe in a different way, but and and yet so many of the same ways right. too. Like, look at you know how much um, you know when we're talking about Christian books and so on. There are uh, there are so many folks that get so worked up over end time stuff. You might not study the Bible in any other setting, but you want to you know get the latest end times right. teaching and all these sorts of things. And, and, you know, we look at uh, even like the politics and all this mm-hmm. stuff, the, the world is, you know, going to hell in a handbasket and, and we want to figure it all out. And, and all these things that cause such controversy and turmoil, and is there any hope and all this kind of stuff. And we need the same message that they need sure. to, to, to say, Hey, listen, pump the brakes a little bit. All this emotional stuff, all this world-focused stuff, the antidote for your anxiety, the antidote for whether it's personal, you know, in you know, in in this small setting in my home, in my life, or you're talking about national, international, you know, war in Israel and Ukraine, the economy crashing, uh, mark of the beast, all these kinds of things. The antidote for all of that anxiety that's swirling around, all the confusion is what does the word say? What what did the apostles teach? What does the scripture tell us? And when we know that, and ultimately, and this is this was something that struck me as a kid, because in the 70s, we were going through the same similar kind of things. The world was in, in upheaval. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm an elementary school kid hearing all this end time stuff and the you know these uh, mark four movies came out um uh, about being left behind before the left behind books these were the left behind type movies Mm -hmm. back then and and the and the you know thief in the night and the you know the antichrist is here and the christians are being persecuted and as a little kid you know know, like oh my goodness what's going on and uh and my mom said they went through that when she was a kid too with Mm -hmm. some you know things that came out and hearing these stories of of Christians being tortured and all these sorts of things. And it can be distressing, right? It can, it can just churn you up inside where you can't sleep and you can't function. And, and and we know that from all the confusing teachings, right? All the stuff that, that you know, this teacher says that, and, and this teacher is asking questions and, 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 Social media doesn't make that better, right? It just fans the flames for sure. Means everything's just hitting you so much faster. And you know, I'm uh, today actually. I was scrolling through reels on, or not reels, shorts on YouTube, whatever it was. I 
can't yeah, remember, I can't thing, remember yeah. what everybody calls them, but but the the short videos and I'm whipping through there and and so I'm, you know I'm seeing Paul Washer and and R.C. Sproul and uh, you know these different things that come up and then there's a woman that comes up on there. Seems like you know she's actually bringing up some you know like she's going to actually talk about the scriptures, but basically in the end ends up mocking Christ and mocking the the scriptures and so on. And so this is all mixed in together. Right. And, and so the the undiscerning the, the the undiscipled person, the undiscerning mind, if we don't have enough of the scriptures in us, it's hard for us to tell the difference. It's like that TikTok I sent you the other day. It was like, well, female preacher and she was talking about Paul's letter and she goes, it's yikes. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what? <laughs> so but so yeah, if you don't have a firm yeah, and she was actually recognized as clergy, right? right? Like she was Which in a church setting, speaking to people. So many, and, so uh, many things here. So, so yeah, much. it's it's real important. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is, and and I guess that's as we look at at these things, uh, and we look at the New Testament letters. That's the kind of stuff that that we're dealing with now. And and again, the details might be different, but the principles are the same, mm-hmm. right? So. You know, like you said, it might be a different kind of confusing or a different kind of distressing, but ultimately it's all, you know, slightly different flavors of the same recipe. And and the devil works those same things to get us messed up. Both from a, a communal way and, and personal ways. <clears throat> yes. I mean. Yeah. And we know he attacks relationships. He attacks our minds. You know, if he if he can get us to find our identity in anything other than Christ, that's a win. Whether that's finding our identity in our in our wealth, in our profession, in our relationships, uh, in our sexuality—that's such a big thing for us today with the LGBTQ stuff. If we can find our identity in our race, in our political parties, you know, people are so consumed with Republican and Democrat, and and uh, you know, I don't, I don't put signs out. I don't make a big deal about you know these things because they're small potatoes compared to the gospel. But I. You know, anybody who knows me knows I have very clear, specific opinions about politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what I thought my career path was um, before uh, the Lord said, wake up, don't be dumb. Uh, and that was that was my intent. So, it, well, no, that, that was that was my practice. <laughs> uh. My intent was to to uh, become Michigan's youngest senator. At the time. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, as you look at how it all shakes out. It's the same. It's the same tactic that the devil's using, it from the Roman Empire uh, to medieval times. I know what you're thinking right now. So I'm always thinking about the Roman Empire. Right? I'm, I'm more. I'm probably more often thinking about middle evil, medieval times. But middle evil. Middle evil. Um, we're in the middle of evil <laughs> all the time. Uh, but but as we're dealing with all of these things, it's the same dynamic. Right. It, it's. We get focused on power. We get focused on identity. We get focused on all these things that keep our focus, our mind off of the one thing that should be focused on our purpose in Christ. We're, we're here to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And when we start to get consumed with the things of this world, even things that seem good, right? We, we, you know, we love our kids having activities and more and more people are putting activities, sports teams and, and you know, even various school things on Sundays, mm-hmm. the Lord's day. Well, it's not the Lord's day anymore. It's the weekend. 
you know, it's a, it's a time that we don't go to work. We would never miss work. Right. But we'll surely miss church or we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give up these other things because the devil's got our focus everywhere else except for God's priorities. So when, when we look at what's going on in Thessalonica here, it's the same, right? So, you know, Paul only got to spend about a month with them. This letter comes not long after the first letter. So, you know, he's excited that they're doing well. And at the same time that he's excited that they're doing well, he finds out maybe they're not doing quite as well as, as what we thought. So they're growing, they're growing in faith, they're growing in love, but they're also growing in confusion and turmoil because these, these false reports have, have come in. And he's saying, listen, don't, don't, don't listen to anybody claiming that they have some letter from us or they got some word of prophecy from the Lord. Boy, do we hear that kind of stuff today too, sure. right? I got a word from the Lord. The Lord told me. And, and basically, almost always, I, I don't like always and never, but almost always, and if I were going to use always, this would be the time to use always. It's a cop-out for me not doing the work to find it in the scripture. Right. I want to. I want you to see my opinion as thus saith the Lord. And I don't want to do the diligent work of saying, okay, what does the Bible actually teach? So here's what I think. You need to get on board with this because I'm speaking as with the authority of God. So I can say, well, the Lord told me. I, I The moment I hear somebody say that, a preacher, an author, this is my beef with Jesus calling. And I've, I've offended a lot of people with that. I will continue to offend people with that. I was very excited the other day when somebody messaged me from the church and said, I've got this devotional and I'm not sure I should be reading this. Mm. It was Jesus calling. And I'm like, you know, I agree. There might be good content in there. But the premise of it is I'm getting this word directly from from God. And they changed the intro uh, over time. But originally, that was what she said. Is I, I knew that God spoke to us through his word, and that wasn't enough. Right. I needed to hear directly. So implicitly, the claim is this book is on par with scripture because I received a direct revelation from Christ. Run from that. Run from it. And that's what Paul's saying here is when you're getting, you're getting these people claiming that this is a word of prophecy, but it doesn't match the teaching. Mm -hmm. You're getting people saying they have a letter from us, but you know what we told you and it doesn't match what we told you. So calm down. Don't be alarmed. Keep calm and carry on, you know? And so that's the, the dynamic we see here that in the midst of all this confusion, in this confusing world of turmoil and distress, clinging to the truth of God's word is where we can and must find hope to be able to carry on through it. It's, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but in this, in this social media short video world, it's, it's very difficult sometimes not to buy into that kind of stuff because this world as confusing and garbage like as it is at times is all we know. Hmm. And so there's a Miller. Um, uh, what? A Miller. What's a miller? A moth. Somebody who mills? A moth. They're called millers. It's a tiny little thing, huh? That's what we get. So a tiny little moth is called a miller? That's what we get when we podcast at night. We get so millers. one day when I'm your age, I'll know these things. Anywho, so. my mom told me that. Well, your mom is very look smart. Look it up. Your mom, um, I don't need like, to. I trust you. What was I'm going to look it up after this? If it were the scriptures, I would look it up, but I'll trust you on a bug. I don't like moms. They scare me. Um, anyway. Those are two different things. I don't know that I like moths, 
I don't. I don't want them. I, I don't to know land. about the I don't scaring, want them to land on me. Of all the bugs, moths might be the least. Scary. I don't want any bug to land on. Okay, me. I'll give you that. Anyway, for sure. uh, <laughs> it's very easy to get caught up in. So cling to the truth of God's word, and you can handle it when the bug lands. I can't. Um, I know that everything has a purpose, but I don't know a moth's purpose. Um, anyway, I don't know my hair's purpose right now. It's very hard. <laughs> not on Friday to get, night. Yeah, not to get caught up in the in the. It's it seems so chaotic these yeah. days and so noisy right. and you can't get away from it because it's it's just in your face constantly and to add that kind of stuff on top of whatever personal struggles and anxieties you're going through right. and gosh it's a big challenge and sometimes i find myself like wishing that you know we could get a letter like this and being like yeah. hey man you know what's up like C- conveniently but we, but we have we it have a i know like i know but you know Exactly like right. this, actually. Okay, my point is gone. <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, like, but it's I a good point. Could... That that that. I mean, that's why. That's why I'm preaching this. This is why right. we right. we have these things because that's what we need. We need this letter. We need to hear directly from God. So we have this. He wrote us a letter, you know. And you know, I, I don't remember who who said it, but I, you know, I just heard it again recently. It's <laughs> it's so true. It's so valid. If you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, stop looking for dreams and visions. If you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, read the book he wrote. You can, you know, if you have a dream or you have a, an, an unction, an inclination, some sort of a thing that, that you think might be the Holy Spirit, then you wonder, is it the Holy Spirit? Is it not? When you have the book that the Holy Spirit wrote, you know for sure, 100%, you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. Well, that's why I think it's important to to cover things like this, because let's be honest, I'm probably like, unless I'm, I'm doing my read the, read the whole Bible in a year, or there's a specific, like, like for second Thessalonians probably isn't going to be the first book book of the Bible that I turn to. No, that's very true. I want, I'm, you know, everyone knows the familiar stories and the parables and I would say the Thessalonian letters are two of the letters in the new Testament that I have gone to the least, which is one of the reasons that that makes me feel better. make myself do it. But like, so it's so good that, that we're covering this because I probably wouldn't dive into this. Like I might even read it and be like, okay, but I wouldn't dive into this. Not as compelling as like numbers. Oh gosh. I wouldn't dive into it the way that I should. And to learn, it's going to land. It landed on the poster, the background. Um, Anyway, I wouldn't dive into it the way that I should. And the fact that, you know, we're probably, call it Mike, Mike Miller. We're going to spend probably several weeks on this is, you know, from now till Easter, yeah. is is what I need, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm assuming what we all need. You know, yeah. it's it's a reassurance of sorts. Right. Yeah. And and, and so who doesn't want that? As we go through it, we'll spend some more time in certain areas than in others. Like you know, this next week we'll look at all of chapter one, really, um, and we could probably break it down more, but but we'll need to spend some more time in chapter two, and we'll need mm-hmm. to spend some more time in chapter three. So we'll. Um, We'll just do the one week on, on this uh, on, on this coming week, and we see in the in chapter one that our our hope in an unjust world is the perfect justice of our of our returning king. Man, and so, that's hard to cling to too. Well, when, it really when you is. want justice so bad, and and so he starts out with this. You know, I'm so thankful for your growth for for what I'm seeing here. Understand, your growth is confirmation that God is wise mm. in choosing you. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that God chose you, and the fact that you're responding to it 
proves the the efficacy of God's call. Mm -hmm. It means that God didn't choose unwisely, which is obviously a silly thing to say in the first place. But he didn't he didn't just randomly throw out the gospel willy nilly. He determined that you would be his, and you are proving that by living in him and growing in in faith and in love, and. Because of that, you can rest assured that those who are persecuting you, who are bringing trouble to you, will be troubled by God. Mm -hmm. Your sins will find you out. And this is why I asked you to sing a song. So, you know, that this is going to happen. And as he punishes those who come against you, he will uplift. That's a King Jamesy kind of word. It's a a preacher kind of word to say uplift. Uh, He will lift you up as those who are being troubled. He will bring trouble to those who trouble you, and he will reward you who are being troubled right now as you're going through this. So in the process of all of this, um, then the the good news is, in the end, God sets everything right. Doesn't mean it's going to be set right today. Mm-hmm. But when he comes, and, and that's Paul's emphasis, when he comes, it's going to be set right. And it will be set right perfectly in wisdom, and perfect justice, and that's our reason to hope in the midst of a world full of injustice. And and you know we were talking about this and something to rant about beforehand. That man, so much injustice, things that we can't really get away from, right? Uh, it, why is it that that uh, why is it that moths attack Stacy? Uh, <laughs> you know why is it that some people immediately go to jail and other people don't? And, and and it seems like, well, this isn't fair. Well, it's not because we live in a world of injustice. But in the end, God's perfect justice, when Christ returns, squares everything up. And that's where we find our hope. And, and the anxiety that we've been, you know, I've been talking about this a lot. There's so much anxiety and depression. And and, uh, and, and I think, I don't think you can separate those things from the anger. There's mm-hmm. so much uh, rage and anger. And, and and I think all of these negative emotions go together for us. But throughout our society, we see that that just epidemic levels. Mm-hmm. Why do we have these mass shootings and all these other things? Uh, spoiler alert, it's not because guns exist. It's because evil exists. It, it's because we have, as a society, we've abandoned eternal things. We've abandoned Christ and so the constraints that come along with a Christian worldview in, in a society uh, and the hope that comes from recognizing, even if we don't recognize Christ personally, we recognize the significance and the sacred sacredness, the sanctity of human life, right. that, that we are created with a purpose. We have a, a, we have, um, a creator. We don't have those things as a baseline in our society anymore. So now now we have anger, anxiety, depression, confusion swirling around and no way to really process that, nowhere to go with it. So where do we find peace? Well, in this confusing world, the place that we can find the peace is in the stabilizing truth of sound teaching. So when we, this is why, you know, Dennis is taking the the youth group through the New City Catechism, Mm -hmm. because we need core teaching. We need foundational sound doctrine that says, okay, not just what's the, you know, therapeutic, uh, moralistic stuff, do this, don't do that. Here's how you have a better life and all those kinds of things. But, but what's the, what's the why? 
And when we get the why, then the how can shake itself out later. But we find that peace by having sound teaching that that actually lasts and, and matters. And and then he, he kind of gets to the end in talking about this the wickedness of this world. And there's so much sin abounding. But as Christ followers who are who are in Jesus, we're called to a diligent perseverance of faithful obedience. And so he talks about hard work and he talks about the staying that comes with that. Um, but it all comes from a surrendered life to, to say, this isn't really about my will. This is about God's will. I got to do his thing and not my thing. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to this because, you know, like I said, it's not something that I'd probably you know, immediately dive into myself. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And yet you wrestle with the questions for sure. on a regular it's, it's basis. It's very so. applicable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, please join us for this series. Even if you're not uh, in the area, you can uh, listen to the sermon audios uh, here on the podcast, or you can uh, check out our live streams of each sermon on Facebook and YouTube. And um, because we have time, I'm going to say that a Miller <laughs> is this is the content you were according, for. According to Dr. Frank Krell, Senior Curator of Entomology at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, Millers are brownish gray and not particularly attractive. They're called Miller moths because when they flap their wings, they lose scales, producing dust that resemble flour on a Miller's clothing. Well, there you go. Would not have known. Now I know. Now you know the more you know. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to go to the Creation Museum, they have a lots of Millers. They they have a a room, uh, and I can't remember what it's called. It's got some creative name, but basically it's a bug room. You know, and, Pass. and, and it is it's actually amazingly Ugh. cool to see how much diversity God oh, has sure. built into yeah. it. I mean, it's but just still it's actually amazing <laughs> and beautiful, and they're not alive. They're, yeah, that's you know, yeah. So I like not alive. They ones. won't land on you. All space. right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>